Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Breakfast Club means Big Z, more music, better variety, always online. It means bigz.com. Joined now by Peter Kowalski, Executive Director for John F. Murphy Homes. Good morning, Peter. How are you doing today? Good morning. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for uh, thanks for being on this morning. Thanks for braving the elements today. <laughs> Did you have any adventurous uh, things happen on your ride in? I had, no, the I had roads a... were, were pretty good. I came in from Turner, and uh, there was no problem. Good to go. Good to go right down Route Four then. Huh? Good to go down Route Four. Good. That's good. Four. That's always uh, that's good stuff. Um, so let's talk a little bit about John F. Murphy Homes and what, what you guys do and what you guys do in the community. Well, uh, John F. Murphy Homes is an organization who's celebrating its 40th anniversary this year. Or we provide support services to, to people, or to adults and children with intellectual disabilities. Or we run the Migrant Murphy Centers, which are special purpose schools for kids with autism and other behavioral challenge. And, a, a, you know, a large number of group homes spread across the, your listening area or where, where people with intellectual disabilities live. Or for today, you know, I, I really came to, to talk about an issue that is much broader than John F. Murphy Homes, but we are proud to be celebrating our 40th anniversary and hopefully we can talk about that on another time. Yeah, or, no, that is, that's fantastic. 40 years is tremendous. So let, let's talk a little bit about why you're in today and uh, seen a little bit about this in, in the paper and some other folks have come in from other... Uh, from other organizations as well in terms of funding and, and things that are going on right now with your budget? Well, the, the major problem is is there is a staffing crisis. Now, the staffing crisis does not affect just John F. Murphy Homes. I think that if you look around at any businesses in town or you see help wanted signs, you hear stories of people not being able to, to find enough or people to, to work or, you know, it is a problem and it is a sort of a dilemma or in the sense of a uh, you know, a, an economy where we have 96 million people totally out of the workforce, or we have all these jobs that, that go begging, or, but the issues go a little bit deeper. Or, but right now, you know, when we survey our, our, ourselves and we look at our, our fellow agencies, or, we're all running a 10% vacancy rate. Or, and what that means is for John F. Murphy Homes is we have 50 positions right now open, or we employ or about 400 people that, that work directly with, with adults with mental retardation and about 800 employees altogether that work with children and in some of our other programs that we run. Or, but the job is a difficult job. Or we expect a, a lot out of an employee coming in in the sense of the responsibility, but or it is a very complex system or to meet the rules, the regulations, the, the record keeping, the you know, people need to have some very good writing skills, reading skills, or just passing a med course to be able to pass meds is, is a very challenging course for, for any of us. Or the jobs always have, have sort of been seen as entry level for people, and we have a lot of young folks that come in with us, and our, our population is, you know, relatively bimodal, if you will, in the sense that we have people that have been with us a long time, and People that come stay six months and leave or they just can't do the job 
or it doesn't pay enough, or which is or really a, a big part of the the problem, or that we'll get into in a second. But if you've, you know, you say you've seen some of the stories, and hopefully people out there are following the stories and have seen them. The Portland Press Herald ran a, a, a very large spread on this, or the Brunswick Times Record did a, a, a five day piece on the workforce crisis, specifically around our industry, you know, as did the Portland Press. Or public broadcasting has, has done a piece on it, and, you know, we understand the Bangor Daily News has a story or coming out any time, a little bit different or version or a little different. Topic, but but very much similar. And as we've tried to bring these issues to, to the Department of Human Services, they they are, you know, essentially in denial that there is a problem, or they just keep saying we're trying to agitate people, or that problem doesn't exist, but the problem is very real. Well, coming up, we're going to talk about what the problem is, why there is a problem, and what everyone can do. We're talking with Peter Kowalski, the Executive Director, John Murphy Homes, but he's in today. Uh, talking about a little broader spectrum here about funding throughout the state. You're listening to The Breakfast Club on Maine's Big Z. Welcome back. Breakfast Club, Maine's Big Z, more music, better variety. Peter Kowalski, Executive Director for John F. Murphy Homes. And, of course, John F. Murphy Homes is celebrating their 40th anniversary this year. We'll talk more about that at another time. Day talking about uh, problems with funding uh, that service providers like John F. Murphy Homes are having, and that's leading to uh, difficulties finding employees to uh, to provide services to folks. And we, we continue now. So, just what is the problem, Peter? Well, as we said in the last segment, it is the availability, excuse me, of employees. Or and so let me put this. This is going to be very complex, perhaps, but in, in more detail or more inside of baseball than people may want. But or in 2007, or the, the state, for a lot of different reasons, or hired or had actually 2005, but in 2007, they implemented a new rate-setting system. Rate-setting system means how we get paid for, for what we do. Or since 2007, that rate has been cut over 31%. Well, part of what the reason why the state had to move into that rate is they were, were not really running their costs correctly through Medicaid. They, they got caught on an audit on it and or needed to subtract out room and board payments. Those all had been folded into our rate. Or, and so they moved those into state dollars. And if you remember 2007, 8, 9, 10, you know, we were in, in a lot of financial difficulty. And state dollars were easy targets in the budget. So on top of having our rate cut 31%, our room and board has been cut about 75%. So you say, well, it's all money, or but it really comes down to, to fragmenting you know, money, if you will, in order to, to survive. And so when the rate was developed, or it was developed around our biggest cost, which is the direct support staff, those folks that do the, the line work, or... And in 2007, that rate was set at 1036. We argued that that rate was set too low back then. Or well, right now, we are reimbursed at $9.16 an hour for a direct support staff on average. Or well, that's compounded because the consultant that did it came from out of state and used out of state assumptions on health insurance. And so right now, our health insurance reimbursement is $1,600 a full-time employee or where that's about a third of, of what the actual cost is. So we have to take that rate 
what we get, or and of course we, you know, people don't understand that, you know, the uh, the first dollar thirty out of that rate goes back to the state in taxes. We pay over a million dollars, almost two million dollars in in provider tax or to the state, or so that that creates a, a, a huge problem. And we come down to to now, or you know, there's only so much money. We have to subsidize the health insurance. The 916 is on average. We have folks that have worked for us for 20 years. They are obviously making, you know, a lot more than 916. And it's it's trying to find out a, a way to, or, you know, to pay people, if you will. It is gets compounded with the room and board cut because now we're forced with that choice of, of do we feed people or do we pay the staff? Or And it is not, a, it's that, that proverbial Hobbes choice. I mean, there is no really good answer. But the icing on the cake or happened this past Saturday, or that is that the minimum wage went up to $9 an hour, which now makes us a minimum wage employer. Or And that makes it almost impossible to, to hire. I mean, when you think of who works for minimum wage? It's not somebody that is building a career. It's often a kid, or there are rules from the state that we can't hire anybody that's less than eight, you know, that's not at least eighteen years old, or you know, there are rules from the state that we can't hire somebody that has a bad police record or, or any convictions or any number of things. So the assumption is that we're able to get this broad pool of folks that that are out there that are willing to work for minimum wage who have no issues or and who are you know capable and competent enough to to pass all of the testing that has to be done talking with peter kowalski the executive director for john f murphy homes talk about some funding issues and a broader range of issues from around the state coming up we're going to talk a little bit more about that and the problems they're running into because of the minimum wage being raised you're listening to the breakfast club on maine's big z Welcome back. It's the Breakfast Club, Maine's Big Z. More music, better variety. Always online at mainsbigz.com. Peter Kowalski is in. He's the executive director at John F. Murphy Homes. They're celebrating their 40th anniversary this year. We'll, we'll talk about that at some point. Not right now, though. We'll talk about that sometime this year. You get the whole year to do that, right, Peter? So that's yeah. you know, we, we have plenty of time for that. Uh, talking about some funding issues and uh, for for services and service providers like John F. Murphy Homes and issues they're having with uh, with funding and how funding's been cut over the last few years and how it can affect things around the area and how some outside uh, forces like recent elections things of that nature have also changed some things that they've got going on over there. Bonnie will join us as well. Um, let's talk. We we left off talking a little bit about uh, the types of folks that you're trying to attract and, and get into this sort of thing. Yes, the yeah. Sorry, probably worth trying to to define the job. Maybe a little bit might be be helpful, or and also pick up on the the room and board comment on what that means. Or that there are a lot of people with an intellectual disability who, who have a very mild intellectual disability that can live on their own and, and do just fine in, in our society. Or but there are also folks or, who have or very very severe challenges, and those are the the people that agencies like John F. Murphy Home will tend to get. So if you will, there's a, you know, statistically about 15,000 people with intellectual disabilities in the state. The state, on their case rolls, have about 5,000 people that they actually pay for services. So the people that we support have have need for round-the-clock care for the most part or support. 
Well, and that ranges from, well, there are some people that have some very, very severe medical issues or that go with it and they need a lot of personal care or, you know, they, they have the, the needs to, from being fed to, 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 to toileted, to bathed, to, to, you know, what you would consider in any personal care environment. Or in the other group that, that we tend to provide support to are, are people that have a lot of behavioral challenges and their skills or maybe better when you look at it from terms of ability to negotiate their day, or but in terms of containing their behavior, in terms of being able to deal with their frustrations or their even understanding of what's happening in the world. Or for instance, you know, a lot of people we provide support to have autism, and it is very unclear for most people of, of how does a person with autism see the world, or it appears they see the world differently than we do and have a very different need for organization than we do. And in our cluttered lives, we can really upset people with autism and not know it. Or So our staff come into to different categories, if you will, but at the hub of it all are our residential settings. Now, those settings might be for a person that lives alone because of their, their behavioral challenge, or it might be a, a four-person group home where where people live collaboratively or it keeps the cost down, that they're able to, to live in that kind of environment. So when we hire a staff person in or we do training, they start off before they ever meet them anybody and get to the floor, if you will, or they go through three to three and a half weeks of training or they come back for additional training throughout that first year and then subsequent years for, for updates. So they learn CPR, they learn how to pass meds to become certified as a CRMA. Or, you know, it, it is our hopes years ago in the 80s when the, this system was first burgeoning that we were able to get reimbursement to, to recognize the need to create a career, that somebody would come in at, at the bottom end and continue to, to work their way up, eventually become supervisor of that house, if you will. Or, and that promise just never has happened. Or, but the, or, the, the real nub of, of how this all works is, is that we get paid through the Medicaid program, or, which does not allow its money to be used to pay for room and board costs. That is, you know, we have or very specialized environments at times or environments that are totally handicapped accessible. We have to meet licensing rules, state fire marshal rules, so they're sprinkled, they're, you know, they're, they're built with special bathrooms. And then there are folks who, whose needs require or real special adaptations, so there are houses that have no windows, just all Lexon or some other kind of plastic that have specialized toilets, specialized facilities, or a lot of our houses use radiant floor heat because people will pull out the heating system. And so those kinds of challenges, the the bottom line being that it's not like going downtown and renting an apartment from somebody. Yeah, you can just adapt to whatever you've got. You know, we have to to put a lot of money into it. It makes no sense to rent that, so we own them or... And, you know, we need a lot of parking, which is, is one of the things that people don't quite understand. We need a vehicle in the, the program, but staff have to work there. And a lot of times, those some of those programs are very staff intense. So, so there'll be, you know, two staff, three staff on in a, a two or four-person group home. Or, and that that's 24-7. And, and that's, well, it's not quite 24-7 because usually during the day people go out. Uh But that is a whole other problem that the current reimbursement system doesn't recognize when you have a day like today. Oh, no, you're good. If you have a day like today where where programs may close, all of a sudden Uh, we're staffing uh. that person 
that 24 hours, but we are available 24-7. People may go to their day program or work or, or some other activity for a few hours during the day, but we have to always be available to them. I'm glad you explained that because I don't think a lot of people really realize it. You know, you just hear John F. Murphy Homes and then, you know, you think, oh, I think they have homes for for uh, people with special needs. But the extent of it and the kind of dual problem that's going on right now is that's that's tough. Talk a little bit more about this coming up. We'll follow up uh, a little bit on what Bonnie just said. It really is tough. She actually had some... Uh uh, it takes a special type of person to work in this, and you want to make sure you're attracting the right people, so you want to give them the tools to attract the right people. You're listening to The Breakfast Club on Maine's Big Z. Welcome back. Fourth and final segment with uh, Peter Kowalski, Executive Director of John F. Murphy Homes. They're celebrating their 40th anniversary this year, but we're talking this hour about some uh, broader issues on the on the whole spectrum that they've they are working with with other folks and other services uh, in terms of funding and, and things of that nature. And last segment, we talked a little bit about the issues you have with uh, with room and board funding. I, I wanted you to be able to circle back and, and finish up on that, Peter. Okay, thank you. The what as I started to say earlier, the originally or our rates or we're one rate that included all of the costs. The the you know we were talking in the last segment about the specialized environments. Those houses are, are obviously very expensive to build, to construct, uh, you know, buy, renovate, or and when the state or needed to change that system and bifurcate it and pay with room and board money, or there was the realization that that the people we support get SSI. They they get a very small amount of money a month, or that is just not enough to cover those costs. So the state supplemented it. But those costs, as I said earlier, were cut 75%. So now the person's SSI does not cover their own food bill. A lot of our, the folks we support or have very specialized diets, need supplements, need or thicket and those kinds of things, or and have a lot of personal care needs. So that money just isn't there. And so that, that rate, even though or it ostensibly that we get paid now is only around service, has to also supplement or that piece of it so it's a compounding problem no it makes a lot of sense what you know you, you, thanks for explaining it so that we all know uh, you know kind of what's going on and what uh, what again what some of the fallback is on on society when this sort of thing happens so what what can everyone do well i, I you know thank you for that question because we really would like to appeal to people or th- now this is going to sound very cynical but it, it really or it is how we begin to feel that, that people with intellectual disabilities are not necessarily valued by society as a whole. And, you know, when when the whole time came in the 70s of trying to move and close institutions up through the, the early 90s, the, the good people in Maine really did rally around and support that of, you know, that we had to do something, that the abuse, neglect was just too rampant, the, the living conditions were, were too bad, and a community system got, got built. Well, that system was very successful, and I think that most people feel there there is no problem. That problem disappeared. But well, because of the neglect of the funding and just the lack of attention or by, by the, the powers that be, if you will, the, the system is breaking down, and, and we need the people to rally or once again to, to help us fix the system because the, the result is not a good result. Or There, there are or agencies closing all over the state. There was a, a group just last month that, that closed all their group homes and so forth. 
Or, so what we would really love to see people do, and it's a difficult thing that I'm going to ask, or is number one is, is to or communicate with the CEO of our state, the governor, or the governor has, and we believe it to be sincere, or a lot of support for services with people with disabilities. He just will not hear that there is a problem, and we really need people to, to, to bring their concern to, to him first and foremost to, to, to do something about it. He's got to kick his staff into to motion. Or Secondly, we live in a, a very, you know, really nice area right now or around this issue, if you will, in that oh, Senator Eric Brakey, who you had on your, your show not that long ago, is or will be returning as the Senate Chair for Health and Human Services, which is an extremely powerful commi- committee or around our issues. And we would ask or people to, to connect with Senator Brakey and to, to point out what a problem that there is out there. Or, and, and then finally, or, you know, anybody that's interested in, in working in this field and would like to learn more, even though it does not pay much, and it has never paid much, and, and we have no illusion that it'll ever pay much, or to come in and see us. Or because we do have a lot of jobs open. Or during the break, Bonnie was talking about a, a friend of hers who, who, who does this job part time, or not out of a need of money, but out of a, a love and satisfaction that they get. And certainly, you know, when we talk to our staff, or that is what motivates them. It is not not the dollars. It is that look on someone's face when you can connect with them. That was a great way to end it. And I didn't just say that he because was, we're up against the break, too. Oh, but it was perfect. He nailed yeah, it. Like, yeah. that was like, that's it. Like, you couldn't tie a bow on that any better than that. And so. we've had a lot of your staff on the show. Uh, are we on the radio? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. We didn't take you off. No, <laughs> we didn't. We, we've had a lot of your staff on the show. Um, and they are wonderful, dedicated committed, lovely, lovely people. They are in the, the, the thing that everyone has to be careful of is they are all of those things, but they also have their own families or yeah. they, they have to feed their kids. They have to send their kids to college. They have to make the car payments. And, you know, we do, you know, little things at Christmas time, we'll do small bonuses. And, and what we get back from staff will just tear your heart out of, how that bonus allowed them to buy tires for their car so they could come to work. I mean, we're not talking about people that are, are living at a, a top end. Or, so they need to be supported, too. So basically, it takes a village. And, and, I, and I hope that everybody um, will do their share in getting the word out and helping. Yes, thank P- you. Peter, thank you very much. Well, more on the way. It's Maine's Big Z. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.